Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Help Desk for Monday the 25th of January. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And Tess, we had a lot more interesting news come out on Friday about the Australian Media Code. Yeah, we did. Google has gone ahead and threatened to leave Australia if the Media Code goes ahead. So search giant Google has hinted off the record that it may abandon search in Australia if the media code that forces it to pay publishers for news becomes law. And last Friday, it made the threat public at a Senate inquiry. Google Australia Managing Director Mel Silver told the Senate hearing that the proposed news media bargaining code remained unworkable and the company was prepared to exit the Australian market. Google's issue, of course, is not the fee structure itself, but the precedent set if the search giant had to pay for news in one tiny little market like Australia, which would risk its international business model. And to clarify, Google is saying it will only disable search, not other products like Gmail or YouTube or Google Maps or Google Docs. At the same hearing, Facebook again said it would remove news from its product if the code became law. So Tess, is it time to migrate to alternative search engines? Mm, I was wondering this, and there are a few out there, none that I am overly familiar with, though. I've used DuckDuckGo for a little while there, and it's fine, it's fine, but it's it's so hard to switch, especially if you're tied into YouTube and, and Maps and all of the other things. It just makes, obviously, it just Google knows why they do this. They make it so much easier to just live in their whole ecosystem. Mm, there have been a few other possibilities floated as well. Uh, if this does eventuate, this is, you know, just a threat of a nuclear option at the moment. And that would be something like using a VPN to still access Google search in another market or, you know, heading to Microsoft Bing. Or mm-hmm. there was a new one I heard of today for the first time, Ecosia, a search engine which uses ad revenues to plant trees. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, uh, every tech company seems to plant trees these days, so good on them. <laughs> Meanwhile, in France, Google has actually agreed to pay for news. Uh, TechCrunch reports that Google has agreed to pay French publishers for using snippets of stories in search results and in Google News. While the fight in France is very different to the one in Australia, there are many parallels between the French settlement and the current media laws being fought for. Google threatened to remove snippets from search and news in response to the new fees uh, last year. But in April last year, the French competition watchdog banned this move, saying Google's withdrawal of snippets would be unfair and damaging to the press sector and likely constitute an abuse of the dominant market position. Not wanting to open a monopoly can of worms, Google agreed to negotiate with France's media industry association, the La (laughs) <laughs> the La Alliance de la Presse de Information Générale. How good is French? I love it. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own uh, pronouncing that one. I'm not coming in to help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And for Australian media organisations looking to France um, and hoping for a quick win, they should note that these laws were originally drafted in 2019 and only just Mm. passed the final appeal process now. Yeah, it certainly does sound very familiar Mm -hmm. uh, and interesting timing. One other interesting point from Friday's session, uh, so they had the tech companies in the morning and some of the publishers appearing before the Senate panel uh, in the afternoon. And those publishers said that the regulatory pressure that Google and Facebook are under is the only thing really bringing them to the table to negotiate with publishers. And if those laws were, if the government were to walk away from these proposed laws, then there'd really be no reason for Google to be involved in any negotiations. Mm. So at the moment, they they do sort of, the publishers have a bit of power on their side to, to pressure Google, uh, especially to come up with a, a workable solution or, you know, a solution that makes someone happy. Just to also on the French story, they still haven't made public uh, how much money Google will be paying the publishers in France. So it, it's hard to say if it's a big win mm. or, or not. And back at home, Australia is starting another fight with big tech. The Finn reports Australia's e-safety commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant, has warned tech platforms that they must do more to tackle the problems caused by anonymous accounts on their services. Ms Inman-Grant, a former public policy director at Twitter, released a position statement on the dangers of anonymous accounts leading to online bullying and abuse and fueling the global rise of conspiracy theories such as QAnon. Inman-Grant is not calling for an end to online anonymity, saying it can provide a powerful form of protection for victims of domestic violence, whistleblowers and people living under authoritarian regimes. But under her proposal, individuals could be fined up to $111,000 for anonymous abusive behaviour, such as posting revenge porn. Content hosts, such as social media, dating or games platforms, could be slugged with fines up to $550,000 as well. Concepts such as digital licence plates, blockchain-based identity management systems and digital signatures are being explored as potential solutions to authenticate people online without them being published publicly identified or even known to the tech companies. That is a mouthful. Mm, Blockchain-based identity management solution systems. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I, hmm, I yeah, I, I think that's really, really clever, actually, because obviously there is, there's always been this issue there with uh, forcing everyone to be themselves online. Uh, but you can definitely see that people, when they're hiding behind anonymous account, uh, the the famous Twitter egg, uh, can be pretty awful. So I, there, there is some kind of balance there to be struck. I, I just haven't seen it really described very well so far. Mm, and as well, making sure that it's actually a human would Mm. probably be a a, a net benefit for the platforms and their users. Absolutely. I think the easiest way uh, generally is you charge people and and that's kind of what I'm hoping Twitter will eventually do. Uh, You know, just even a dollar a month will will, uh, clean up that place so much. And finally, is Apple making a VR headset? Mark Gurman of Bloomberg reports Apple is preparing to launch a niche and expensive VR VR headset for 2022. Gurman says the device is not expected to shift large numbers and is designed more as a prototype design for Apple's expected AR glasses due in 2023. So VR is virtual reality, AR is augmented reality. Anyway, it should be noted that these reports are based off off-the-record off comments and the prototype n- numbers seen by German. So that doesn't necessarily mean we will see either of these glasses as shipping products. Joanna Stern of the Wall Street Journal tweeted, 
This would be interesting, but if it's so niche, why sell it at all? This doesn't feel very Apple. Apple's focus has been on AR rather than VR since the company uh, included the technology in iPhones back in 2017. And so for me personally, I think taking a sidestep into VR seems a little out of character for the company. Yeah, this does seem a bit left field. But also this whole, I guess, precursor to an AR headset, um, how much do we know about the AR glasses or headset? Is that sort of a widely known project that Apple is working on? Uh, it's, it's kind of been like, as soon as the AR features were built into the iPhone, it, it, it kind of became one of those things that everyone expected, uh, from 2017 in in the same way that no one was surprised when Apple released their own M1 chips earlier or late last year. Uh, it just, it felt like, okay, so this is what you're doing over the next five years. This is the end goal for you to, to release Apple glasses in some way. And, and I think that, you know, I, I think that is still probably the case. Like it, it, AR for me is the more accessible of the two standards. Um, and also in terms of a brand position, I think that, you know, Microsoft has HoloLens, which is a big VR thing that um, I've, I've used once. And honestly, this was the demo. This is so Microsoft. It was a demo where you could walk through an, an Excel spreadsheet um, <laughs> and, you know, look, that says, was cool. It says a lot about their target market there, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, it, it was a cool demo, but it was like, why would I ever do this? Whereas AR, I think, has a lot more um, real world uh, examples. And, and also as a fashion brand, I think that, you know, <laughs> well, lifestyle brand, as Intel might call them, um, mm-hmm. Apple VR is just so ugly. <laughs> like if you, Remember back to that, that, that Time magazine cover where there was the guy in the weird kind of rooster pose with his VR headset on in the, anyway, it was a famous image. I'll stick it in the show notes. That is kind of what I think of when I think of uh, VR, whereas that is not something I, it it sounds such a silly thing to say, but I just can't see a fashion conscious brand like Apple creating Mm. something that looks so embarrassing to wear. Yeah, I I agree with that. I've only had pretty, I'm, I'm not a big fan of VR. All the experiences I've had have been sort of in those demo halls or exhibition halls and Mm. um even in pre-covid times i felt pretty uneasy about putting something communal (laughs) on my face and over my glasses and my hair and ruining it for the rest of the day Um, so i've never particularly warmed to the technology myself no no um i've i mean i've had one or two really good experiences when they've been games but that's it and um i haven't seen any reason to uh, think that it would be anything better than games uh, with VR, whereas AR, it just like, it, I, I mean, I'm always bored to death when Apple ever does an AR demonstration on any of their products because it's cool, it's great technology, but I'm I'm never going to do that myself. I'm never going to hold an iPad up and look at, you know, a motor in a car and see which bits are which. But if mm-hmm. I could be we- wearing glasses that does the exact same thing for me, you know, it's the promise of Google Glass, which was probably way too early and way too dorky looking. Uh, I think Apple's probably spent the last five years really miniaturizing everything and, and waiting till it's a product that people might not be embarrassed to wear. Yeah, it, it, it's that promise of the phone is all of a sudden the big heavy computer in your pocket that you never mm. actually have to look at, oh, which God, uh, would, would be, be great for our posture. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Anyway, that's all we have time for for Monday. And thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And tomorrow is a public holiday, so please stay cool out there. It's very hot across the country. Uh, We will speak to you Wednesday. 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.